Hey, this is Dewey from Pure Pleasure on Jabberjaw Media. I wanted to tell you guys about the Patreon for the show. It's called the Pleasure Seekers Club, and there's two levels. There's the $5 level and the $10 level. And all this is, guys, is to help support the show, help support the cost of putting the show out, um, you know, time spent uh, building the show, hosting costs, travel costs to do the in-person interviews that you guys like so much. Um, it all costs money. And I always try to find the best deal for sure uh, because I do have a day job as well. But having that support on the Patreon is definitely going to help bring more in-person interviews, more travel, more uh, updated uh, graphics, hosting, websites, all that stuff. So, um, And if you like the show, $5 a month or $10 a month really helps out. I know it's kind of uh, an interesting thing with the Patreon when something's already free. Uh, but it is always going to be free. But if you want to support the show a little bit more, I'd absolutely appreciate it. Uh, you can pay either $5 or $10 a month. We'll try to do some special things for the patrons as well as we go. Um, but it's just a way to support the show in a different way. And uh, like I said, I really appreciate you guys coming back week after week. That's the most important thing I can ask for. So definitely go over and check out the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Podcast. Once again, that is patreon.com slash Podcast. Sign up today and join the community and help out the show. Keep it growing. And I thank you so much. Hey, this is Emily White, host of the Interning 101 podcast, part of the Jabberjob Media Podcast Network. Interning 101 brings you interviews from everyone from execs who began as interns to what your dream jobs are looking for in interns. We'll be providing additional wisdom from myself, along with other entertainment and business professionals whose experience provide insights into the interning experience and beyond through a successful career. Listen and subscribe at jabberjobmedia.com. And thanks so much. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Pure Pleasure with Dewey Halpus on Jabberjaw Media. I am Dewey, your host with the most, bringing you more great content week after week. 
This week, guys, we have Mr. Alexis Marshall from Daughters. Now, this has been a long time in the works. It was scheduled once before, and I had some family stuff happen and had to cancel. Uh, And then Lex and I uh, reconnected on Instagram, and we made it work. And such an interesting time because uh, he was just finishing up some recording over in Rhode Island. And uh, yeah, with the quarantine and everything, everyone's got tons of time. But it was such a new thing at the time when we had this conversation. So uh, I think we were all still processing it. But we had a great conversation, and I've been a huge fan of his for a very long time uh, since I heard that first Daughter's Record um, I think I mentioned in the conversation, but I think the the song is called Pants Meet Shit. And I was like, this has to be amazing. And it was. So uh, what an amazing front man. I've seen him a couple times and, and man, just a uh, amazing, amazing band and an amazing dude. So a uh, big shout out to uh, Monica at Speakeasy for originally setting this up. And uh, a big thanks to Lex for coming on the show. All right, guys. So uh, let's take care of some business. I have some sponsors again. Uh, we have your button guy. He made some magnets and some buttons for the show. Um, you can check him out on Instagram at your button guy. Uh, f- super fast service for one. Uh, he had mentioned they were in the mail, and I think two days later from Florida got to Portland, and the product is fantastic. They should be up in the store soon. Um, and we may do some stuff for the patrons, uh, some giveaways and stuff of buttons and magnets. So make sure to go over to Patreon. Uh, and sign up over there um, to get your hands on some cool stuff. Um, anyways, and so let's talk about Thunderbolt Guitars. Thunderbolt Guitars uh, is Nick Flagar, and I think you guys probably saw all my posts on Instagram and Facebook, but he made me my own custom guitar by hand. One of the most amazing uh, pieces of work I've ever seen. I know I'm partial to it because uh, it's for me, but... Uh, an amazing instrument. It's got aluminum neck, swamp ash body, hand-wound P90s made here in Portland. Uh, Nick is over in Detroit. Uh, check out uh, Thunderbolt Guitars on Instagram and check out these amazing pieces he's making and definitely order yourself a neck or a full guitar. I mean, he'll he'll basically do whatever you want. Um, you just you, you let him know what you're looking for and he'll make it a reality. And it's absolutely stunning. So check out Thunderbolt Guitars, and go check out RER Studio as well. My buddy Ryder, he made the strap I use on this custom guitar. And Ryder's been a buddy for a long time from the band Vox. I know a lot of you guys know who he is, but check out RER Studio as well. All right, guys, so I like to keep my intro short, as you know, um, but you know, hopefully you guys are dealing with this quarantine in the right way. Uh, respecting it and keeping your distance. I know my kids have had a real hard time trying to keep their distance from the neighbor kids, but uh, they've been doing a good job, and I'm actually pretty proud of them for you know, sticking with this and, and not really questioning it too much. They're younger, but you know, uh, when you tell them there's a virus going around, who knows how much of that they understand, but uh, they definitely see people that aren't practicing the social distancing and call them out on it, and uh, you know, it's cool to see them their own little minds and what they come up with. So uh, anyway, shout out to my kids for being awesome. And uh, all right, guys. So without further ado, let's jump into my episode with Alexis Marshall from Daughters.
Hey. All right. All right. Success. <laughs> I don't really use these very often. So. <laughs> Do you? Have the, right. I've only I've only like the past you know six months sort of embraced them. Maybe these are the AirPods. Yeah, I, I have like kind of weird. My ears are uh, kind of wonky, so uh, stuff falls out of them. So I never use these things, and uh, just now, uh, like I, so over the past few months, so I started using. <laughs> I I still haven't embraced those things. I still use the the corded whatever the hell comes with the the phone. I don't have a new yeah. iPhone, but uh, yeah, the old earbuds. No, wait, wait. That's, mine has a cord. Is that What's that called? Oh, the AirPods. I'm talking about the wireless ones. Like the, oh, the, I, you I have to like pair those things. That's what I thought no, was going fuck, on. Oh, no, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to deal with that. Um, no. So I, I have to like take me a minute to try to plug these things in sometimes. Oh, and gotcha. the cord gets all weird. I, I roll it and then I'll tuck it away somewhere. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, here we are. Here we are, man. After a, a, a long awaited. Uh, I don't even know what you call it. I've just been a back and forth. Shit's been going down and uh, yeah. shit went down. Then shit went down again. And, and <laughs> here we are, dude. Uh, now it's now it's simmering. So we're, we just like, just go with it right now. Exactly. Where are you yeah. at? Are you in, are you in Philly? Yeah, I live in Philly. Okay. So yeah. uh, not on lockdown. No, not yet. Not yet. Um, no, I don't know what. Uh, uh, are you in? Uh, you're in Oregon, right? Yeah, I'm in Portland. Yeah, so that's on lockdown, is it? No, no. Uh, no? They're no. closing jobs down. They're closing bars and um, restaurants down. Like you have to. My family and I ordered pizza from a, a buddy of mine owns a pizza pizza shop here in in Portland called Sizzle Pie, and and uh, they were doing like this deal, and we're like, well, let's go, you know, support Mikey, and we did. We had to pull up. It was so fucking weird. We had to pull up call them tell them we were there and they had to bring it out to us in the yeah. car yeah it's fucking insane. strange it's like weird stuff um yeah no, uh, monday i went out and um everything was open and i i thought well i'll go get a box of cigars and while i'm out and the only place i was closed was the fucking cigar shop <laughs> oh, so, just like kind of defeated so i came back <laughs> and then uh when my girlfriend went out today She's like everything. Everything's closed. Everything's closed now. Yeah. So, so I guess uh, so. I'm screwed. I'm going to order cigars online or something. Yeah, or you have to go um, back to Swishers, huh? I have no idea. <laughs> the Seven we'll Eleven chewing, chewing tobacco or something. Yeah, I know. I didn't want to go get like cigarillos or something. She's like, "Hey, you get it at Seven Eleven." I'm like, "I can't. I can't do it." Man. So, but uh, anyway. Well. Uh, all right. So let's. When do we begin? When do, do we start? We've already this begun, thing? bro. This is oh, this shit. is how that it goes. <laughs> <laughs> this is how it goes. Oh, great. It's uh, oh. punk rock as much as it can be. I, I basically oh. I just start recording before I call, and then uh, yeah, just see where it goes. That's kind of that's kind of what's been working the last I don't know hundred episodes or whatnot. All right. All right. I wish I I wish I had realized that I would have had uh, somebody else answer the phone, like someone in the building with very poor <laughs> hearing and trying to make the connection have been a little more interesting, maybe. Yeah. But anyway. I do have some funny ones that <laughs> the beginnings get pretty funny or, or when things don't work out or something like right, it, right. I have uh, Ray Pettibone, the, the great right. artist, uh, emailed him in 2017. He emailed me like three weeks ago and said, yeah, sure. love to do it. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and three then, years uh, later, yeah. yeah, three years later. And I set it up with his assistant and everything. And then I call and she answers the phone, speaks very little English. 
and huh. was basically said he's in a 15 story walk up and uh or something like that she is what she said and he's entertaining company right now can we just reschedule it for tomorrow morning and i was like well no but uh maybe right. next week anyway but it was it was one of those random things like she picked up the phone i'm already recording and so i have this little short recording of this little uh back and forth with the assistant and then yeah anyway right. i was like that's a total artist thing to do that's oh, all yeah, you need friends came you don't time. even you don't even need the interview now just yeah. have that I'll post the email as the image and then the four minute little back and forth. With, uh, yeah. Yeah. Make it a, like a full, fully immersive experience. Yeah. yeah. This is what Text it's like all, talking to business, a legend. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Decide to define uh, artistically defined a, a, uh, a, a time and period in the uh, punk rock world, but can't get on the phone. It's all yeah. good. I don't think it would have been that good, anyways. I don't know. I've I've seen some interviews, and he's very, uh, just kind of yeah, 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 kind of like that, you know. Right. Or it's like, man, I don't right. know if I can make this interesting. There are these great. Uh, there there are these interviews of uh, when Dick Clark was doing American Bandstand. There's a there's a great one where Prince is on. Oh, I think I think it's American Bandstand, but but um, uh, Dick Clark's trying to interview Prince. He's like, oh, you know, you're doing this, you're doing that. Uh, how are you feeling about everything? Good. All right. Uh, so you have a you have a new album uh, coming out. You play some songs off that. Yes. Yes. It's just like fucking brilliant, and uh, Prince just has no interest in doing it. It's, sure. it's really great. It's 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 awful, but it's great. Like, it, oh. yeah. See, that makes me so. never want to do like TV where they have to show up and do this interview. Like I never do those things. Like I never. Yeah. I, I like why it's like interviewing Lou Reed. Like the guy's a genius <laughs> with interviewers. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. There, there are a lot of great older, older like Nick Cave uh, interviews where he just has, has such disdain for the entire, just like the experience in itself, just the whole process. Or <laughs> talking to him, he's just like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. Yeah. Like, oh, uh, that's awkward now. Sure. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> great. I don't know. It, it, it's 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 hard to tell if it's sort of arrogant or pretentious or something, or if it's just it's just. Some people just don't want to play the game to, you know, um, I don't know. Maybe that, maybe the hell am I saying? I don't fucking know. Well, that's, see, that's I, should the just, thing. I should just try to speak for myself. Maybe. Well, sure. But it's, it, I think some people just have a problem with the, the whole institution of the interview interviewee. Like maybe they legitimately think like, why does anyone want to hear what I have to say for one? Yeah. And or maybe they find it pretentious even doing an interview like like Glenn Danzig. Like that was one I probably would say no to because it would probably not go very well just because he's not into it, which is fine. And the fact that it's, you know, uh, it's when they force those people to sit down with somebody and talk about how's the tour going? How's the new record? Blah, 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 blah. What the fuck are you going to say? The record's terrible and tour sucks. And, you know, are you going (laughs) to the, uh, you know, for all the all the press I had to do for you won't get what you want. It was just. It, it got to a point where it, the, the more interviews I did, I was doing the harder it became to to do the interview because I was trying to give uh, a variation of the same answer just to keep myself interested uh-huh. and uh, and not just say like just I've been asked this question a dozen times just go read this article and and you know uh, quietest or wherever the hell I was, you know like mm-hmm. just I don't know just I'm so tired of this so I would try to like I said, give a variation of the same answer. And, and it's because it becoming very, very difficult and sort of unpleasant. Um, but that, that's just how it goes. It's 
It's just what you have to do. Sure. I wonder how much, how helpful those interviews are now in selling records or, I mean, any, in any capacity, even getting the word out, if they're even effective anymore. I think, I mean, they, they are because I mean, you could say the same about podcasts, right. Or, or any, or anything like the, the interest in the discussion or, um, you know, they've got to fill, fill, fill with content, right. They've got a, you got to fill the pages or you've got to fill the, the uh, space or the airspace or whatever it is. So it, it almost doesn't, it's almost, um, the conversation can be a bit meaningless, uh, and unnecessary and uh, incidental to some extent. It's just kind of the base. I think a lot of people just sort of read headlines anyway, like, Oh, uh, so-and-so is as an interview in this thing and people skim it and then they click on the link or something and then they can sort of move on. So, um, I mean, I'm, I'm just sort of at a point where I don't know. I doubt anyone really gives a shit about anything I'm saying, and I'm just doing it because uh, that's what I've been doing. And if I don't do this, then Jesus Christ, what the hell am I going to do? <laughs> just like, this is all for me now. I, I like that. I like the honesty to that because, it, I mean, yeah, you, you never know who's listening. That's the one thing that's weird with podcasts. Right. And, I mean, I'll get hit up all the time from people like, what? You listen to this podcast? What? Like, Weird yeah. random stuff will come through and, and you're just kind of shocked. And then you're looking at the numbers and you're like, well, well, I guess it is who's listening. You know, it's this weird yeah. thing. And, uh, you know, I love that it can just go anywhere and, and there's no agenda. And it's it's not I mean, there there's definitely podcasts that have an agenda and like a manager will say, hey, can you send me your list of questions? And I was like, I don't have any questions. Uh, you know, like, <laughs> just, are we still yeah. good for this time? That's my question. Like, yeah. they don't know what to do with it. And uh, I find this is funny. This is like, I find that the smaller the band and like less, yeah. I wouldn't say less significant in terms of like record sales and, and things that people would normally care about uh, for, you know, commercially successful band. Um, their publicist and management want so much from you. Yeah. Uh they want a list of questions. They want the exact time limit. They want the exact time they want. Uh, you know, can we connect? Uh, you know, you call me and I'll connect you. Like yeah. it's this really funny That's thing awful. to where then someone who's like multi-platinum Grammy winner, like probably gets hounded everywhere they go. Oh yeah. Just call him. Here's his cell number. Just give him a call. And I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like what's I the I wonder difference? why that is. Yeah. Why, why? Uh, I, I wonder if it's like functioning on a, on a, like a smaller level there's there's the illusion of importance or or, or this kind of uh putting putting a value on i mean well this is how the bigger bands behave and 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 interact with press or whomever Mm -hmm. so make it make it complicated and field things and act like it's a it's a whole process and really it's like all right i'll be give me a call four i'll be home and all right i'll talk to you four and we'll talk yeah so uh yeah which is (laughs) far more interesting to me anyway. So the flu- fluidity of the conversation as opposed to anything that's structured is, um, I, I mean, that's, I, I love it, but that's like when I go, when we're recording or when I'm recording, I, I, I don't want to, I'm so annoyed by the structure. I'm mm-hmm. frustrated by it. I feel like sort of uh, shackled. And, uh, I, I, I like to go in and just, you know, this, this, this record that I'm doing right now, it's, it's, you know, I went in and kind of didn't like 25 demos and didn't, didn't even use them. Like, let's 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 start from scratch. Let's see what we have. Let's see what we can do. 
um, I, I'm more interested in, in that the fluidity of things than than the um, very stringent structure. Um, right now, anyway, I mean, who knows? That could change. But you know, presently, I'm, I'm happy to just wing it. Sure. Yeah. See, that's yeah. that's a cool thing. Like that's like when when I used to take like at the beginning when I was like the first twenty episodes, I would take like three pages of notes and be all prepared, yeah. and I never used them. And I said, "Fuck it, I'm not doing it anymore." I like what comes out better, you know, like talk, I talked about, I had Ian McKay on the show. I talked about porn with Ian McKay. Like you <laughs> yeah. cannot find an interview with Ian McKay talking about porn, but that's right. where it led. The, the conversation went there and right. you know, that was notes on my seat next to me that I never used. And, but what you're saying is I, it's got to see. So I come, I come from the music world as well, but trying to do something over and over again in the studio to get it right. Like to, to you know something that's really structured you know and it needs to be this way was always frustrating i fucking hated yeah. it yeah. you know and with what you're doing it's so i mean and and uh uh the the fluidity and the the it being natural and 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 real and and that's the most interesting part you know where when you do listen to something like that i had um uh Nina from uh this is band called Kills Birds and okay. they recorded their album in 8 hours. <laughs> and it's yeah. fucking amazing. Why not? Right. And it's and it, it's just real and true. I mean they just went through it like played the songs a couple times and did the thing, you know, and it yeah. and it's documented and that's it. Yeah. Like, why can't every band do that? <laughs> well, I I think that's uh pretty impressive uh but i mean i i know i've gone and recorded a record in a, in a day you know i was playing with this in this band fi this like kind of a power violence hardcore band uh for a couple of years um and we just you'd write a record in a week and then you'd go record the record in the day and then they were, and that was it and, and uh that, that was great uh i like that but you know it's it's okay that it doesn't work that way for everybody i i think you can sort of get in your own way when you're trying to, when you spend too much time with something, you know, it's something that, I mean, you've played in bands, so you know, that like being, if you're being creative, you're, you're, you're constantly working and reworking something and you could potentially never finish because there's always something that needs to be moved around or, or something that can be changed or, you know, improved, um, for lack of a better term. So you, you just have to know when to stop and just decide that this is done. I need to move on because in 10 years, you're going to look at it and just think the hell was I thinking during this, you know, and, mm -hmm. you know, even with, you won't get what you want. I look at, or I've been performing it. And then, um, I think we were adding a city song to the set on the last tour, uh, last tour we did, we added that and I had to listen to it. And in doing so was, would listen to other songs and, and realize that I don't, I don't sing this. This is not how I'm singing this anymore. And, just the progression of things that that uh, things change on their own, and, and you find a uh, you know a better way to do it, and, and uh, it'll always change. You just have to fucking stop yourself, or you'll yeah. or you'll you'll work on one song over and over and over. Um, you know, like what with the first book I wrote, I had I had to just like I already have a deadline. I have to just write something, finish it, put it away, and then move on to the next thing because. And now I look at the book and I fucking hated it. I'm totally embarrassed by it. But um, because I can see all the errors and things I should have done and, and, and 
what I was trying to do and how that just doesn't work for me now. But, um, I don't know if I, I can't imagine looking back at work from 10 or 20 years and thinking, Oh yeah, really, this was it. I had it all figured out. And, uh, and that, that just seems crazy to me. I don't, I don't imagine I will continue to live my life with, without ever bringing in new influence or, or finding and finding new interest or, or, um, or perhaps just like just being, um, happy in some other realm of, of, or, or version of music or, um, getting into classical and then sort of think like, what the hell was I thinking with all the stupid ass punk stuff, you know, like, uh, <laughs> right. And just and the next thing I know, I'm like playing a violin or some shit. So I don't know. I don't, you know, always moving forward, I suppose. Sure. It's such a weird, it's such a weird thing too. to, I mean, an album, an album or a book. And I want to talk about this too, because I had no idea you were an author. Uh, I always uh, find something out right away that I didn't know hmm. anyway. But, uh, I mean, you capture a moment in time and then you yeah. spend a lot of your career still playing and, and performing <laughs> that moment in time. So, of course, yeah. it's going to change. But that was one thing that also frustrated me is like, we're still playing this song every, and you have to. You have to play this song. You have to. Yeah. It's like, fuck, man. Like, there's so much better stuff that's coming out, you know, and and uh, or that we're working on. Let's just play the yep. all new stuff. Of course, you can't do that because people are trying right. to see the moment in time that they purchased. You know, yeah, it's so fucking yeah. weird. Um, it, it's tough when, as a as a creator, and then the people connect to something that they they people are, can be very demanding. And I'm and I'm not going to say that I'm not the same way. I, like, you know, now that Swans are touring much more regularly, I'm, I'm a big fan of their music. But I would snack the see because I don't want to hear the new record. I want to hear them play something off like Greed and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, like so. So um, it, it's it's tough. It, it's, it's hard to not be a selfish listener because you start to feel uh, that you, you want to put your own set list together and hear the songs you want to hear. And, and um, you know, when I saw i saw the cave in 2002 and it was it was he was it was just kind of starting to what was no more shelly part i think was the tour mm -hmm. and then from there on i feel like he just really hasn't made a very good record since then or even before you know that was kind of the end of it but so now when it was like nick cave's coming i feel like i don't want to go see a set where he's playing some new stuff <laughs> playing you know, like anything he wrote in the past 15 years i don't want to hear it you know i want to hear um i want to hear the first record or, or you know uh, something off of uh, you know your funeral my trial and then like the rest of it just leave 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 me out of it. So you know it, it's it's easy to be a selfish listener, um, and I, so I don't think I would never fault anyone for it. But I think that you do have to keep people should keep that in check and in perspective and realize that um, people got to play that shit over and over and over again, man. Like that's that's yeah. that's crushing. <laughs> when you just don't and that's what i think that's like why people start to just pump out garbage music because they're they're just you start to feel like a jukebox and less like a, a, a creative person or, or an artist or whatever kind of seemingly pretentious word you want to put on it and <clears throat> you know I, I think that 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 really people who don't create music or art just don't really understand or, or understand that um so and it's and again it's it's no one's fault no one's at fault for it it's 
it's easy to get lost in, in your own wants and um, it's it's hard to have to to think of the, what's what's happening on this side of the fence when you can't see you over the fence so so you know I, I, again i don't fault anybody but also shut up <laughs> what i want to play <laughs> i can play the songs i want to play who, for christ's sake who was it that did that was it neil young uh he had like a super long contract and they had like three more records or two more records on a contract and he's like all right goes in and just records pure shit and just like here's your here's your two records i'm out I think yeah. it was Neil Young, and it, where it was just like to just just went in and just made whatever to get off of his contract so he could do what he that, wanted. That's that's not a surprise at all. He doesn't seem like he would yeah. have any issue pumping out some trash just to fill the silence. Yeah. Um, not, uh, though I love Neil Young, I think Deicide did that for to get out of their Roadrunner contract. I oh, think after Road like Runner. once, maybe like <laughs> after Once Upon the Cross. I think they because they did Once Upon the Cross, and then they, there were these like. Oh, it's a string of kind of lackluster records. Uh-huh. And and then when they put out Scars of the Crucifix, it was sort of like a, retur- a return to form. And um, and I believe that was that was uh, that was what they were doing. I think I had read in an article, ben, Glenn Benton had said that. And who knows, maybe he's just trying to uh, explain why they made such bad music or, or, <laughs> or, or, or like pretend, oh, we were just putting out crap to get out of the contract. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that supposedly that's a thing. I don't know. Maybe I could, <laughs> Here's how we're going to spin this, boys. Google that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? Like, ooh, we didn't do such a good job. Let's blame the record companies. Everyone's playing uh, Roadrunner. We're going to blame Roadrunner too. Yeah, screw. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> I remember Daryl from Glassjaw. We did Warp Tour with them one year, and and uh, he would from the stage be like, "Yeah, this is off our first record. Go steal it. Yeah. Anywhere you can. Do not buy it. Go steal it." Yeah, and yeah, whole it's rhythm. strange when you, you, people who have uh, uh, are like seemingly iconic labels and and how they veer off into wherever the hell. I mean, I don't even know. I couldn't name a band on Roadrunner. Are they still a label? I don't know. They are, man. They've got. So they do like Nickelback or something now, they don't do, they? They have Corn and they have okay. Slipknot and they have. Uh, do they've got like yeah? It's like these legacy acts there or. Not even I wouldn't even call them legacy acts, I guess, but like they've got some big names, but it's almost surprising that these names are on Roadrunner. Like Roadrunner still yeah. seem not quite big enough for that. Like it's not Epic, it's not Sony, it's not you know. Well, I guess they're owned by somebody, but um, oh yeah, the fact that a band's already that established, it probably doesn't matter what label they're even on because they'll get what they want. Yeah, that's uh, strange how that works. Um, yeah, I, that used to be such a cool label. Like, I used to really do really great stuff. Yeah. Um, I hope no one at Roadrunner calls me angry. Uh, I, I, do I have any friends that work at Roadrunner? It's probably not. I'm sure they <laughs> An angry, angry DM on social media from someone. Yeah. Heard, just... all that, heard all that shit you said about Roadrunner. Yeah. No, I love that record. I, I Like, they, uh, that record, I thought they were so great when I was growing up, when I was a teenager. And, 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 uh, they were putting out like suffocation records and Sepultura records oh, yeah. and all that kind of shit and like typo, like just awesome stuff. And uh, um, I think they did like a bunch of Bolt Pro records. Maybe I don't, um, I don't know. Maybe Nuclear Blast. All that stuff. Who knows? Uh, my memory isn't what it used to be. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was always a really cool label. And and now, like I said, I have no I have no idea what they're doing. Yeah, it's weird. And then you'll see like you'll see this massive record come out, and you're looking at the label like really. Like it yeah. just seems like uh, when everything kind of collapsed and and folded into whatever, it's just anyone was kind of grabbing what they could get, and and the ones that could hold on 
you know, it was just it was just weird to see who's on what label now. Like Hopeless is getting massive bands, and yeah. Sumerian, and like it, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. It's just like the Wild West all over again. Yeah, I think um, I think times are just like changing so quickly now. Uh, like you know, people are everyone's still like still trying to adapt to technology and uh or assimilate more whatever term you want to use and uh i don't think everyone's really figured out how to do it so there are like you said sumerian like why who the why the fuck is sumerian records like interesting that they're putting uh, i think like dillinger did a record there didn't they yeah i believe or, uh, so yeah like uh that was it's like really interesting that um i don't know man i i don't I don't, I, I really, when I hear about labels too, you know, I, I never know. I mean, for one, I don't really listen to any, a lot of music that's like current. So I, I hear about so-and-so label or this other label will come up in conversation. I think I don't, I don't know what they put out. I don't know anything about them. You know, for me, 4AD still puts out like Cocktoo Twins and, mm-hmm. uh, and Scott Walker. Like, you know, I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what they do do right now i'm sure they're doing something cool but i you know i just don't really pay a lot of attention um because now i'm 40 so why do i don't have i don't i have to I don't, i'm not supposed to pay attention anymore sure right? well do you think uh, that do you think that hinders you or helps you as you're navigating the music business still you know does that does that help you to not be in touch and then kind of be surprised or or you know who who approaches you to to do whatever or I mean, I don't think it, I don't, it doesn't, it has no effect on me really. You know, we, this is, this is an interview that's going to turn into me sounding like a complete asshole. So we, (laughs) like we have, we have like management, you know, we have like, we we have managers and they are letting us know what's going on. And Mm -hmm. and it's, it's, it's nice that, uh, you know, before when we would be really curious, I remember in like the late nineties, I used to keep, a notepad in my in my bag that had all the record labels that I liked and that I listened to and the records um, were were being put out by the labels that were hoping that one day like John and I were playing and as the sunsets were like we were, we got to send demos to these places and blah 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 like when you still did that shit and thought that that was useful. Oh yeah. Um, so you know uh, I couldn't even tell you who's on probably like Life Sentence or something like uh, who knows Pin Drop Records and all these like ridiculous labels. Um, but, you know, I kept that, you know, with me because you, you could write to them and, and do whatever. So, so we're like, oh, we send all the stuff. And like now I, I wouldn't I couldn't name you five labels. I, I don't know who puts stuff out anymore. I don't um, I just don't pay attention. And, and I just don't I don't need to. It doesn't affect me. I'm not like in search of anymore um, to find someone to put out our records. I, I don't that's just not even. You know, luckily, we, we, you eventually find yourself in a position where you don't have to like sweat all all of that. Like, mm-hmm. who's going to put out a record? Like, who's going to print our merch? Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? Like, can we borrow somebody's van? Like, there's so much shit that you have to think about. Where now, it's, it's you know, we're, we're we find ourselves you know, luckily in a position where we can we have people who like we're going to get all this sorted. We'll get this sorted. We're, we're like oh you have offers from this place and this other place like stuff comes in and um that's that's really nice because i i couldn't imagine it at this point in my life still like carrying around a notepad with all my favorite record labels on it 
like trying to send them demos and shit and 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 um you know i i i don't i don't want to like i don't i don't want to do that it's been you know shit some for like 25 years of that and and mm-hmm. at this point at this point it would just would just drive me crazy that's still what i had to do um are you enjoying the show if you are definitely head over to apple Podcasts, google play stitcher anywhere you're listening to podcasts wherever you're listening to this podcast right now throw us a five-star rating or a review we really appreciate that it helps the show out big time so like i said if you are enjoying the show head on over and give us a review on apple Podcasts or wherever you consume podcasts thank you but again some people would would like to do that maybe my agent or didn't they like still want to do it that way you know still want to um function t- take care of everything themselves and be like really hands-on and mm-hmm. and uh but i just i i really don't i really don't want to i just want to write and i don't want to be a business person i don't want to chase leads or some shit or, or or like make lots of calls and check my email several times a day like i, I don't mm-hmm. god damn i don't want i don't want to do that i really really don't yeah who who is who is managing you guys? Oblique. Oblique. They're uh, oblique. They're in New York. They uh, manage Yob, uh, oh, Jesus, okay. and uh, no, a uh, bunch of people, bunch yeah. of people there. So um, you know, Mets. They manage Mets as well. So they're they're a uh, we're in a nice. We got a nice little community. Yeah, it's great. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah the yeah. Mets guys are at, and and Mike Scheidt from Yob is a is a just a wonderful human being. Um, yeah, Chris. Chris played with us. Chris from Mets played, you know, bass for us uh, beginning of the year, probably like first half of this year. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, when we, uh, you know, Sam could, couldn't do any of the tours anymore, so mm-hmm. Chris Chris stepped in and toured us for several months, and it was great. Uh, he's he's great, and he's a good guy, and um, glad I'm glad we became friends. Yeah, that's a that's awesome. I want to I want to yeah. jump back real quick though about the the you said your first book. How many books have you written? How, and I don't know how I didn't know this. Uh, you know, I know you for your music, but I did not know you were an author. Uh, well, I use the term loosely. I'm a I'm a poet. A poet, okay. Uh, whatever, if that's a real thing. It, of so, course um, it is. Right, I don't know. Well, it depends how you look at it. But uh, you know, I had, so I had something called. You're just an uh, asshole. No. <laughs> I know, right? It's like people want to want to read and shut listen, it off. so who knows why. Yeah, so uh, I had something published a couple of years ago with a permanent sleep press that was a Toronto-based uh, independent publisher. Uh, it's published some pretty good poets. It's done work with Chris Colahan from uh, Left 4 Dead, and um, but some really good uh, poets, guys like Dan Dara and uh, Joe Soulier and some 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 good people. So um, did that book, and and now I'm I'm working on stuff. I've got something coming up that. It's kind of up in the air right now. There's just like a lot of, uh, it's a weird, I was, I was feeling like this year there was so much stuff going to happen. And and right now I feel like, wow, I don't know what's going to happen now. Like everything I'm doing is going to get delayed and uh, it's kind of scary. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but no, I've, I mean, I've had, so I've had some poems published in in places, uh, various, like a couple reviews and things. So, um, uh that's nice but i gave up on uh submitting 
because it's awful and uh, it's the it's the grading <laughs> because of <laughs> to, the rejection or the fact that you're yeah 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 of course no yeah. being rejected it sucks uh, you know my buddy Joe he he uh, had posted on his Instagram story or something uh, this was like last year that he said uh, well just got my rejection from uh, Paris Review and I messaged I immediately texted him and said how long did it take you to get a reply from the Paris Review and he said long enough to forget that I submitted and I said yeah I just don't want to oh my god that's awful to like. So I don't, I don't, uh, it's just awful. You know, I've, I've submitted a few places and, and to just be told it's like not good. It's just like, come on, man. That was, that was my whole life in my teens. So now I got to yeah. reject it now. Thirties like <laughs> in my thirties onward. So, uh, so now I'm just, uh, writing and collecting and, 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 uh, talk to small publishers about just putting everything together. So yeah, that's yeah. Uh, easier. You know, I got, you know, it, it would, I could, I mean, I financially couldn't handle it right now, but you know, I'd like to find myself in a position where I can just publish myself and do stuff. My buddy Jeremy Baum does that. We're uh, from Touche Amore. Yeah. He, yeah, yeah. You know, Jeremy's always just like putting stuff together and wrote this thing, selling it like fucking brilliant. Um, I just can't. I don't have the patience for it or the, to uh, to line it all up and put it together. And I don't know. He's a, he's a smarter man than I am. That Jeremy. Yeah. He's a good dude. <laughs> <laughs> he's great. Well, you, so you were, you, I want to jump back a little bit too, because I, I mean, I mean, like I said, I know you for your music. I don't know a whole lot about you as a person and, and where you come from and, and, uh, you know, did, did, uh, were you kind of destined for this kind of a career? I mean, from an early age, did you feel, a strong pull to it or did something get you into it? I mean, kind of, kind of take me back a little bit. Cause I, I mean, you, you being a, a touring musician or artist of any kind is a, is absolutely interesting way of life. And especially in today's climate. And I mean, by today's climate, I mean today where everything's getting <laughs> shut down and I <laughs> want to talk about that stopped. too, but did, yeah. did what drove you into what you're doing? I mean, it was, it was it influence from brothers, sisters, parents, what got you into that? There, my parents weren't really into, interested in music um, any more than any other way. else. I kind of listen to the radio or goes to occasional shows. Okay. Uh, my, my my brother was ten years older than me, and he he was got really into like New York hardcore. And so in the mid eighties, he started. He kind of introduced me, introduced me to to punk and hardcore, and uh, um, the sort of that that there was a world that exists without the radio that, uh, there weren't that bands, but that weren't playing Nassau Coliseum or some shit mm-hmm. and were playing, you know, we're just sort of playing around. And, and, um, so, and I didn't really grasp it. It took quite a while, um, to understand that, uh, to the, the like the extent of like DIY hardcore and, and um, house shows and things like that. Um, it wasn't until I was a, a teenager, but uh, yeah, I wanted to, be in a band i wanted to play music it was i was fascinated um but never been very coordinated so i'd never played an instrument i always always wanted to sing for a band and uh wrote uh, notebooks filled with lyrics and stuff all through junior high and all that kind of shit and um, when i was 15 or so i started playing with some uh, friends just doing like slayer covers and um uh biohazard covers and stuff like that it just um 
but uh, there was a there was a radio show in uh, Emerson College uh, out of Emerson, Massachusetts that uh, I listened to every Sunday. It was called Nasty Habits. It was hosted by Mark Thompson and Johnny Shoon, and uh, it was just like death metal and metal and hardcore and uh, doom metal and and uh, just like all kinds of crazy shit. And that's where I just started that's where i discovered all, all kinds of bands and, and and you know first time i heard like paradise lost and uh first time i heard napalm death and first time i heard slapshot you know like uh, all kinds of stuff so that that was um I, I i began to just like kind of immerse myself in that and the guys i was hanging out with who were just like kind of like uh, mechanics <laughs> metal dudes <laughs> uh in like a kind in a smaller town just were i was sort of leaving it behind and i had to find uh people who were as interested as i was and and then i met john uh who would play drums and daughters and uh we started just like uh you know john was into melvin's and nirvana and uh we started just like listening to music and talking about music and and uh exposing each other a lot of things and um you know it was like john was the only person who liked dead guy where i was you know aside oh, from wow. myself. like so it was just like uh, you know no one w- was really paying attention and and then by then once we started going to shows in providence that's that's when when uh, we just found like our, a community you know of people and, and mm-hmm. uh, began playing shows and booking shows and hanging out on their street uh <laughs> you know and just being just bumming around the city and, and going to shows and hanging out and, uh, meeting people. And, uh, that, that was, that like changed, you know, my life. Um, and again, like, yeah, I've been playing music with John for, you know, 25 years now. So, yeah. Uh, so that's pretty, uh, it's a long, uh, friendship. It's a long time to spend with one person. Um, yeah, so I mean, but I, 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 my, my brother really got me into music, and and uh, it, it was aided. Like, oh, I think I have a kind of well-rounded appreciation because of, of you know, my mother liked the top forty, but at the top, at the time, of the top forty was like The Cure and yeah. Flock Seagulls, <laughs> Flock Seagulls, and like kind of like weird uh, or like, uh, I mean, they're not weird, but today we look back at that and just think like that's whatever. But I think if you're a kid and you can get into my dad who who was really into to like that outlaw country sound in the eighties or be like Waylon Jennings and and uh Hank Williams and uh Hank Williams Jr. and um Hank Snow and like and and you know uh all that shit. So um my dad got me you know, a bunch of that stuff and, and uh my you know mom exposing me to kind of new wave and um my brother being into punk and hardcore and it was just mm-hmm. there were just always a lot of a lot of different a lot of different shit and i only i'd say i really only abandoned it kind of like when i was got into hardcore in my teens and, and thought like i just have to be a hardcore guy like we're hardcore, and like everything else is shit like you uh-huh. can listen to earth crisis and yeah. breed and stuff and everything else is garbage <laughs> They're like totally like closed-minded and so a couple of years like that and then uh that 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 just wasn't doing it for me so uh you know, it's, it, uh, you know, now it's just like, there's, there's, so, there's so much stuff. There's, there's no shortage of music to listen to. So, um, 
whatever I get into now is uh, sometimes it's like 20, 30 years old and other times it's somebody just put a new record out or, or somebody just like put out a record two years ago and I broke up and I'm, you know, it's, yeah, well, that's cool. Um, just a lot of stuff happening and going on and, and uh, I'm happy to hear it, you know? Yeah. I'm trying to hear as much as I can. The problem is, you know, as I said before, I don't really know what's going on and I don't like searching anymore. So, um, sort of a, uh, strange dichotomy there, I guess. Yeah. I'm curious to what, um, curious to what you're, I mean, you say you're writing notebooks and notebooks of lyrics back then of what you were writing about. Were you, were you close with your parents and your family or did you kind of have free reign and, and, uh, to explore and, you know, not much supervision, you know, there's, I, I hear both sides, uh, quite a bit, but, but what was your situation? Yeah. My, um, you know, my, my, you know, I, I live with my mother Monday through Friday, uh, I went to school and, uh, she worked all the time. Uh, you know, she worked, she, she worked, shit jobs and, and did whatever she could. Uh, she was really young. She was only 18 when I was born. So and oh, my wow. dad, yeah. So my dad was much, much older and, um, but he was an alcoholic and a junkie and, um, he was fucked up and not a good person. But, uh, you know, I thought my dad was just the best and, uh, you know, go to dad's house for the weekend or for the summer vacation and mm-hmm. you don't have to like change your clothes or take a shower brush your teeth or go to bed yeah. <laughs> because he's, I don't know where he is. And, uh, um, you know, everything is like pizza and fucking hooray, mm-hmm. uh, or, 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 you know, like, um, so, uh, so that's, um, but there were a lot of really bad people around and, but I recognized early on that, uh, I had the two different lives and, and, and managed to keep them separate you know never really told my mother what life with my father was like and, um because i knew i would lose that this is probably getting a little too personal um well it said anyway that's up to you was, entirely for, i mean <laughs> I, right. yeah that's not yeah so so i mean but i had it's two two vastly different lives um which has had a, a not exactly a positive effect on me uh trying to normalize as i've aged that uh, it's it's hard to figure out how to function as a human being, uh-huh. but um, so there wasn't there really wasn't super, you know I got myself up into school you know my mom worked uh, eventually started working uh, through like third shifts and and uh, late nights and I would get myself up and off to school and and um, so. You know, she she did her best and tried her best. She didn't really have much guidance, and and um, my father certainly wasn't very helpful. And um, so life has just kind of been chaotic, always. Um, but uh, once I got kicked out of school, um, when I was a freshman uh, in high school. <laughs> I got kicked out of school and started kind of sleeping wherever I could. Um, I eventually had met. I met John and, and started, mm-hmm. I, I moved into his basement. His parents let me live in his basement for a couple of years while he finished high school. And, uh, then I moved to Providence, um, like 98, maybe. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, that was, a 
there, there, there hasn't, there have, I've been living without rules for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Not a good way to live. Uh, no, that's awful for a child and, and a teenager. I mean, to, to have the, the complete, I mean, I completely understand the, you know, it's party time. Dads don't have to do anything. Don't have to do whatever. Yeah. But then, I mean, that's for one, that's awful for, for kids and, and teenagers to have to, to, you know, of course that's where they gravitate towards, but then yeah. to also have to take care of yourself and maintain a certain level of something at mom's house, uh, but still not having the, the supervision or the, you know, the, the guidance fuck man that's that's heavy shit and well it, i think that i mean it it, it it sort of pushed me toward making music because it seemed like like here, here was a sort of a place where i could be like unbound and just and, and just anything goes type of uh, way where um you don't you don't need to make a lot of money because your gear is shit so uh-huh. it matter and you're not playing nice venues um so you could just kind of be a fucked up piece of shit and it didn't matter because mm-hmm. everybody was, we were all like, you know, drink out of the same cup. So, um, you know, that, 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 that kind of disorder, I, I took that with me or, or maybe I didn't take it with me. I continued to follow <laughs> those yeah. the breadcrumbs there. It became a comfort to, zone almost like a, a yeah. So, I mean, and that's, you know, and it's whatever. I mean, I, I don't think that, uh, it's a, it's a, um, a unique story that I have or anything like that. Uh, you know, and it, it could have been a lot worse, but, uh, I, you know, did, I, I found myself, um, in a place where it seemed like community and communal and, uh, which you get older and you realize how much bullshit that is when you get into punk and hardcore and you, you think it's a community yeah, and like everybody's got each other's backs mm-hmm. and then you realize that there are like all these different sects within punk and like people, there's all this infighting and bullshit and you're just like, wow, this is, this is just uh, uh, much, uh, this is a, a countrywide high school. We're all just attending. We're all attending the same school. We all hate each other and are, we're all going to fight after, after school. So, um, like no one, it's all bullshit, but, um, yeah. Uh, but at the time it, it just seemed like, Oh, this is cool. There's like some stability within the chaos and, and, uh, you know, I was comfortable with that. And also, felt a, a kinship with a lot of other individuals who were pretty fucked up. Well, the so. one thing like I, and I, the only thing I disagree with on this is, is, and it's not, and I guess that's the wrong way to put it. But when you say you don't feel like your, your story is, you know, very original or, or unique. Uh, I mean, there's tent poles that follow, you know, a similar path that a lot of people go down, but your story is absolutely unique. I mean, no one went through the same shit you went through when you did, how you did, and what you did with it. I mean, the big thing for, on my end, of, of being a fan of, of, you know, what you do, every, all of that stuff contributed to the music that I love that you make, you know? And so it's, it, it's an extremely unique situation, you know, going through those things when you did and how you did and how you reacted to them, you know? Um, and that's, I mean, that's what's interesting about hearing people's stories is, is, because yes, there are you know uh, situational tent poles where mom and dad weren't together, or you know uh, 
ran away from home at 13 or, you know, like those things, those things are just tent poles of the story of, of, you know, what actually happened. I mean, and all that building into, you know, where you are now and, and what stuff you're probably still dealing with. You know, I, I suffer from all kinds of different things uh, that I'm still dealing with, you know, and it, it just, it, it kind of paints our, paints our picture, you know, it's, it's like a, uh, I talk about it on the show a lot because it's, it's something that I think affects a lot of people and, and uh, you know, just things that happen during the upbringing, how people deal with them, mental health, um, you know, substance abuse, um, you know, which I'm sure probably came into play uh, for you as well, being in that time. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah, of course. And, uh, but I've, I've been, uh, but I've been sober for 11 years or so. And Eight congratulations. Like, that's hey, amazing. I mean, that's, yeah, I'm in recovery as well. And, uh, yeah. it's a huge deal. And I don't think people understand that, that haven't been through it or are going through it, right. what it takes and the humility and the, 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 I mean, it's just and having to break yourself down to a, such a basic level and then, and build it back up again. And yeah, I mean, congratulations. That's, that's, that's huge. Yeah. Um, to you as, to you as well. It's not, uh, it's not easy. No, no, it's not. <laughs> but one thing that was coming through, and, and I know I was rambling on there for a second, but, uh, you know, you having those two. So growing up, having those two sides that you were, you know, you were this person here, you were this person here. Who, who are you on stage? Which, which portion? Is that a mixture of the two or is that one side? I mean, cause your, your performance, uh, the performance you put on on stage, I know it's a performance, but uh, I mean, it's an incredible experience. Like it's, I mean, there's so many things that go on and go into, I mean, there's performers and then there's, you know, non-performers that happen to be good at music. You know what I mean? And you are a yeah. performer. I mean, and I'll say yeah. that flat out because it's an experience, you know? Um, I know there's all sorts of stories of crazy shit that went down, but that's part of the performance. Like it's some, I mean, who is it on stage? Do you lose yourself entirely and just kind of let what happens happen? I mean, who are you when you're on stage? What's happening in your mind? Um, you know, I don't know. I've, I think I've tried to, cause people have asked questions and I've maybe attempted to analyze, uh, what performance is for me. I don't really know. Uh, I do know that, you know, some people get in, they perform and, and it's, it's, um, a different, outer body like an outer body experience or something for them and it can yeah. be a they 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 put themselves somewhere else and you know i don't i don't know i'm not quite sure that i'm tapping into like something primal or uh, i think that uh it's just an extension of of of, of my behavior i don't know if um i i don't think i i i personally be any more erratic without that and i don't i don't think it i'm not sure it balances me i it's sort of just a the 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 gates the gate opens up and i can just kind of run out into the you know into the into the prairie (laughs) to some extent and then like (laughs) off i go you know and and then uh, putting it lightly yes once it's over i gotta you know i get back into the corral so uh, maybe it's that's what it is but um it's also just it feels good to to have that kind of uh, just to behave in that in that way or to perform in that way is just a 
you know, it's, it's, it's freeing. And, uh, uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't think that it's a, it's like a part of me that I've tucked away. It's, and it's, and it's, it's by no means an act. No, I don't absolutely think not. that I have to, yeah, I don't have to, I go, well, you know, I got to be on right now. You know, it's just, it's just a, it's just another facet of my personality. It's just uh, something I, I do and it is, um, it just goes, I just, I just do it. I mean, um, that's, I like to hear that because, I mean, and you can tell when someone's putting on an act and someone's not. You mean you can tell when someone's trying to be provocative and trying to stir the pot, uh, you know, or or get people going. But then you can there's people like yourself that it's just such a natural thing. And that's why it's not as not as shy. Like what one of the the I've seen you guys live, I think, three times, but none of the show, the, the video I saw the other day uh you were playing it was at the electric factory in hollywood and i think part of the way through pants came down and like in the front row just standing there like right in people's faces which i was just like this is incredible and then i think you wrapped your dick around a mic stand and then started like grating it with the microphone like a cheese right and i was like this is fucking insane but at the same time it wasn't like he's trying to get a rise out of people it was just like it was part of the show and it just had this i mean as weird as to say it out and just say it literally like this i mean it was this like incredibly freeing experience i wasn't even shocked i was just like this is great like this is (laughs) you know i don't know how to explain it like it was like i love what i'm watching right now if i was was walking down the street and saw some guy wrapping his dick around a telephone pole or a, a stop sign and beating on it I'd be like, what the fuck is going on? But this was all <laughs> not part the place of for it. it. Like you've yeah. created this world that is so uh, like encapsulating to the audience. And I'm sure people were probably pissed off. And I think there at that one point, I think you guys just left the stage. Um, if someone was yeah. hollering something. Anyways, what I'm getting at is you can tell who's in it, you know, to, to shock people. And then who's just completely being a, a free human being. You know, because yeah. we do some weird shit behind closed doors. Oh, of, of Everyone course. does. I don't care who they are. They do some fucked up shit. And to be able to just be free and just like the blinds are open. This is what I'm doing right now is so yeah, they, inspiring. <laughs> yeah, I just when I play, I just want to kind of I, I something feels like, oh, this just seems this is a, I'm going to do this right now. This just seems like a good idea. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't. I, I've never done anything with premeditated. I remember we had played a big festival in England or it wasn't a big festival. It was a sort of indoor, like all day show, I guess. Um, in two, the first time we were over in, in uh, Europe and the UK in 2003 or maybe. Um, and it was all day and we had never been there. We were playing last. We had no business playing last. And uh, I thought, well, I have to, you know, people were being all crazy and singers were jumping into the crowd and stuff. And I thought, well, I have to, I'm going to have to do something. I don't know what, but something is going to happen tonight. It's in the air. I, something is going to happen that is going to, I have to outshine all of this. And we were playing and there was a 
smash pint glass at the front of the stage. We were two songs in, and I thought, oh, well, here's my answer. Oh, I'll fuck. just cut. I'll just start cutting myself. <laughs> and uh, I cut myself all up, and uh, there's blood everywhere, and, and uh, it was all over my face, and uh, uh, my clothes were covered in blood, and, and uh, the crowd was a bit confused. But, um, <laughs> but it wasn't like, okay let's go out there. Let's, I'm going to cut myself up. It's going to be this thing. People are going to freak out. It was just sort of like, I'm going to do something. Well, let's see where this goes. Oh, here's the opportunity that's presented itself. Let's, let's, let's see how deep this rabbit hole is. Um, <laughs> and I so I, I, I like to think that that when I perform, it's sort of, it's kind of, I'll look around the room and think like, all right, they're like, I should be able to reach, this uh second floor railing like uh-huh. maybe i'll ex- explore that um and just kind of look around and 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 we have our guys who who work for us and they'll say like hey this is going to fall over this stuff is very expensive i know you're going to want to jump on it please keep this in mind and i'll be like all right like, <laughs> so i'm just kind of given these parameters or, or 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 sort of like like Consider this and this and this suggestions and just be prepared for possible repercussions and injury. And I'll say, okay, mm-hmm. thank you for, for that. And, uh, that's kind of where we are. And, um, Man. so I, I, you know, I don't, I don't, but I don't, I don't want to feel rehearsed or, uh, or, um, but I, and, and, and in hindsight, it's, that's probably what kept me, interested in singing as opposed to like wanting to play an instrument because there you you have to follow these the, like you got to play this chord at this time and here's you got to play like hear them you follow, make sure everyone's playing the same like, like everyone's got to be in the same place and and uh for me i'm just kind of like where where the stage is over there all right i'll i have it from I'll, I'll take care of this from here you know i don't need to worry about anything else and that's um, that's wonderful for me. I, I can't imagine being tied to something or tethered to an instrument or kind of like, this is my zone. I must stay here. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I couldn't, I don't want to function that way. I could, I couldn't function or, or ever play and feel like I did a good enough job or, um, not that I ever feel like I've done a good enough job, but, um, there would always feel like something was missing if I had to perform and, uh, hit my mark you know i yeah. don't want to hit my mark i don't want to hit my mark i want to just fucking go yeah and every show is an experience every shows a it seems like almost like uh i don't know if you're into skateboarding at all as a as a kid but skate people that are you know into skateboarding look at a street or uh an area differently like through a different lens yeah. like they start analyzing because oh i could do this on this this could become this uh, kind of the same way you're describing, you know, looking at your stage, looking at your venue, you know, they make mic cords every length you can imagine. So, I mean, you can go right. where you fucking yeah. want to. And, uh, but you, you, it kind of analyzes the same way I've heard people that, you know, were super into skateboarding would look at a city or look at a, a portion of town. And, uh, that's fascinating. I mean, you have yeah, that I mean, stuff like, like Iggy pop and, uh, um, like Jason, Jason, but I don't know if you know, Jason Butler, uh, he's from uh, a band called Let Live and the Fever Three Three Three. He's yeah. another person that you can watch and just say it's a hundred percent real. I mean, 
he I saw him climb through a fucking floor tom, uh, like by beating the shit out of it with the microphone, ripping his way through it, and then climbing through it, and then throwing it into the air as high as he possibly could, not knowing who was behind him or anything. Uh, yeah. It's fucking insanity, but it's real. You know, there's a very small group and you're in there because it's, I mean, it's, it's just an experience and, and, uh, fuck, that's, uh, that's amazing that they give you the, the lay down beforehand. Like, all right, please, yeah. please just, uh, you know, <laughs> what that makes me think of is like, uh, as a, as a hockey fan uh-huh. myself, uh, a lot of players used to talk about, um, and as a kid growing up, a hockey fan, I was a big fan of Wayne Gretzky and people would talk about the way, Kretzky played the game and the way he saw the game mm-hmm. is that it, it always seemed like he was looking down at the ice and that everyone else played uh, on, on these kind of uh, this working on the same dimensions that everyone else was. But the way he viewed everything was just from a different angle. And it, it, it just, it wasn't the way everyone else played the game and saw the game. Mm-hmm. And I think that there are people who go on stage to, and, and it's, 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 um, there's just it's not a place where we'll go oh let's go perform the songs there's we're looking at it in a, in a sort of different way i think that there are and, and and those are the i think the more interesting performers who are um not just going on the stage to play their songs mm-hmm. um and aren't necessarily going on stage to to be um primarily antagonistic because that's the image I think that there are, um, which is probably how I functioned a, a good deal in my early twenties. Um, I think a lot of performing was me like getting all hocked up and then like getting drunk and being like, Oh, it's like, let's get a rise out of everybody. Mm-hmm. Like I think as, as, like, as I, I grew out of that and it just sort of became uh, an extension of the self. I think that there are you know, people who get on stage and it's sort of like, um, we're not, I'm not here to sing you a song. Like I'm here. We're going to have an experience together. Um, this like this is going to be different than than how than when you saw the other two bands that opened or the mm-hmm. band you'll see later or the show you were at last week. Um, this is not this is not going to be that. No, absolutely. I mean, could be bullshit. Do you notice a difference? Could be bullshit. I don't want to. I know I'm not going to say that I'm the, the Wayne Gretzky of, of stage <laughs> performance. <so. laughs> He'd probably be an awful performer on stage. <laughs> Would he? I don't know. He, he wasn't much of a he wasn't much of a coach, as we all discovered years later. But yeah, um, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> Is the experience different for you now, being sober on stage versus versus not? I mean, or is it is it more the same? You just probably remember a little bit more. It's uh it, yeah I I certainly remember more and yeah. um and things hurt now the yeah. way they didn't yeah but um but I I, I think we'll, you know I don't think I know what was more di- uh which was more of a, of a difference for me was, was just the touring experience uh excuse me like the traveling mm-hmm. uh, I I would end up somewhere and think oh this place is really familiar um I I know that I've been here. But it's just, just like, or I meet a person and say, "Oh, I met you, uh, blah, you know, ten years ago." And I say, I'm sorry, I have absolutely no memory of this whatsoever. Damn. But you know, just the the experience. It was. It, it feels good to, as much as I um, am seemingly out of control, to 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 have a control over what is happening and not just if something goes wrong, 
I hope the sound guy doesn't kick my ass because I just put his microphone up my ass. Mm -hmm. Like, um, as has been very nearly happened in the past. So it's, um, it's a different experience in that sense of, of a lot of like the practicality of it. And, and, um, uh, but, but, um, I think on stage performing is not, uh, the, the, I think in between songs, I'm, I'm a little less interested in interacting with, with people the way I used to be because mm-hmm. I was a kind of a, a drunken hollerer where I was like very excited to argue with the crowd. And now that just isn't a fucking no interest in it anymore. It's, uh, yeah. it's like, it's a, it's a, it's, it, that is a, um, an aspect that I kind of, I let go of that kind of, um, to combative nature or verbally combative nature. And, 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 uh, you know, that's just, you get older and you kind of just start to, I don't need to impress anybody and one up anyone with yeah. a great comment. Like I'm, I'm not here for that shit. Like, you know, I'm not here to win an argument. I'm here to play, I'm here to fucking play. Yeah. And that's why they're there to see the show. You know, exactly. <laughs> you'd, yeah. you'd like to hope. <laughs> some well, people seems like they're there for all kinds of reasons the shit they you say you never know and try to instigate yeah. yeah but well man <laughs> are so are you a are you a father i have two two kids yeah two, two boys. kids how old yeah uh, uh sydney will be a uh, six in uh in may okay and then uh and then ivan just turned two in december awesome do they they know what you do they do they watch what you do do they how much of it do they see as far as I mean, the youngest one doesn't, he is oblivious. Oh, sure, 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 sure. But, but, um, but yes, it is, uh, he, you know, he, he knows I was, you know, gone most of, or, you know, most of last year and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm always traveling and, and, uh, you know, uh, we don't all live together. So I, uh, but so he's good about, you know, he's, it's, it's, but he, he knows what I'm off doing and, and, um, but he doesn't have a, he's not amazed by it or impressed by any stretch <laughs> um he just knows that, that, that you know this is what i do and, and uh um i think he's more excited that i travel so much and he thinks that's really cool yeah that i'll, I'll you know facetime him from like you know moscow or something or, or uh, and you gotta like sh- you know his mother will show him on the map where everything is and, yeah and um all that kind of stuff so um you know and i've got to fly over here and i'm flying over here and it didn't, you know he he loves the travel aspect of it yeah, um, much much more than uh than like that. Uh, he doesn't give a shit that I'm singing in front of lots of people. <laughs> My <laughs> daughter's care. six, the same thing. She doesn't give a yeah. shit. I've shown her videos yeah. and stuff. She's like, "Oh, that's cool." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. doesn't care. Doesn't care doesn't at all. Care. Yeah, yeah. Kind of shows which us is how fine, which is cool, are. you know. But I mean, and that's I think that's a that's a good that's a nice thing that mm-hmm. that um you know you don't want to uh like you, here's where you don't need to have an audience to impress us when you're like with your kids i feel yeah that you just want to like like we're we're just we're here together who gives a shit you don't need to be impressed by anything that i'm doing or something like like um i'm trying to spend all my all my time out at on the road and at work hoping that everyone's uh interested in what's happening mm-hmm. so that i can continue continue to do it it's, i'm happy that like i don't have to do that with the kids or something and they'd be like yeah, i don't let's just we're trying to draw this trying to draw a fish here can we do the fish I'm like, all right great yeah sounds good yeah fish why not 
it's it's so fun watching them learn to create and and how their process does. I mean, we have our process, but watching them develop a process is fascinating. Yeah, it's bizarre. It's really really strange, and especially like um, like coming like, like seeing them after being away for like on tour for a while. I know, like uh, they there would just be some huge leap in their development that was like, oh, this is not the person I saw <laughs> before uh-huh. I left the tour. Yeah, it's like completely different. Um, it's 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 really fascinating, and it's it's you know it's tough to miss that in a big way. But yeah, um, I mean you know what are you gonna do? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, man, dude, this has been this has been a lot of fun. I I really appreciate the time you know coming on and and chatting do you want to talk about the the solar record i can always cut that out too but um i i don't if anything's been announced or anything like that i know you were up recording and oh and, yeah yeah you, you can leave it in there i mean it's, okay. it's uh, i mean r- right now it's like i don't know what the hell's gonna happen I'm yeah because we're finish yeah. up in the next few days and i <laughs> i don't know if that's gonna happen I, like i don't i mean either way it's uh, how long are we going to be like this? Like is this record, am I going to record finish? Maybe I do finish the record and it sits on a shelf for a year. Like I don't fucking know what's going to yeah. happen. Yeah. So it's really uh, bizarre and it's uh, I feel uncertain and uh, it's a drag, you know? I yeah. mean, luckily daughters, we had the, we took this year off to write, we're going to write a new record. And um, so we, we had like a couple, we had some fests we were doing and a few things that got, all got canceled. But, you know, I had shows um, myself and Kristen Hader, who is uh, a uh, lingua ignota. We had the custom shows together. And, yeah. And you know, we had some stuff canceled. I had, and we had some shows together canceled and she's had a bunch of stuff canceled. So we were just like, I mean, her and I are just kind of like, well, what the fuck are we doing right now? <laughs> we don't don't know what to do with ourselves yeah i saw Um, something just recently on instagram from kathy uh pillow about her she had to have a like a crazy dental surgery or something uh yeah something awful it's super expensive and no insurance and fuck it just made it hurt me because i was like fuck this it's such an important career an important thing to have creative people out there doing things and it there's just no money in it and it's horrifying that we can go do these you know seemingly seemingly mindless uh jobs that need to be done you know in our world and then but we're inspired by you guys and then seeing you guys struggle so hard because you know things collapse thing whatever happens you know where oh well shit now we can't make any money you know i mean it's, it's a realization that like it's a job like any other job yeah. that uh, the same way anybody else who's living paycheck to paycheck is, is, is concerned that, you know, uh, there's going to be downsizing or that, that uh, where the, the retail store they're working is going to close because no one's, you know, buying what you're selling. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's no different for us to think that, um, Oh, well, I mean, you kind of worry that people are going to stop listening. People are going to stop coming and see, you, but you don't at any point think like, Oh, we're all going to have to fucking go into self quarantine. And I got to cancel my year like that's um, the the big difference here is that everyone is now rescheduling. So even when this is done, you got to like you're still going to sit on the shelf waiting for. Yeah. For everyone else to get their to to finish up. Like everyone who's trying to play right now has got to reschedule for later in the year. Mm -hmm. And uh, so there's just going to be there's just this long jam of, you know, like I I can go out now, but now I still can't play. So, yeah. Yeah. it's it's a strange thing. It's it's um, and 
if it was happening to only us, we'd all be able to say like, well, you know, uh, go to the bank and go to the fucking merch store, you know, do all that stuff. But it's like, well, now other people who would be, or the listeners are, now they don't have money coming in because they can't go to work. And mm-hmm. you're just like, fuck, we're all, like everybody's in a lot of goddamn trouble right now. And that's, it's, it's, yeah. it's scary, man. It's, it's scary stuff. And it's, it's not, um, it's affecting everybody. So, I mean, if that's like the, the silver lining is that we're all in the same boat for the most part, but, but, um, you know, it's unfortunate that it's happening to any of us and yeah, shit, I don't know, you know, I don't know what to do. it's a truly unique situation that we'll be talking yeah. about for a long time and how we pull oh, through yeah. it and seeing the human nature, you know, the, both sides of it, the bad and the good, the, the hoarding and the, the fighting yeah. and then the, you know, going and get your neighbor groceries that can't travel or you know like you see a lot of good in the world too but uh you know it's scary with kids too like we're both parents and and uh you know how we come out of it but but man i i I really appreciate you you spending a you know over an hour now with me on uh for the time in the time is invaluable you know i know we have a lot of it right now but um i really appreciate it and 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 uh all i mean i've been listening to two daughters since the first record like it was uh, i i met, can't remember where i first found the music if it was mp3.com or something like that where it was back, uh, all i knew is there's a song called pants meet shit and i was like i'm uh, i'm yeah, listening charming. to this and uh <laughs> anyway but but uh yeah you won't get what you want it, one of the greatest records out there i mean i was floored when monica sent it to me i got it early and and uh on a on a holics and i was like this is fuck this is a game changer and yeah. i mean Thanks, just i'm so happy for for uh you know um the music that you have you've provided to me you know i i'm, I'm grateful for it and and uh i don't take that lightly i mean it's something that that i spend my time with you know because it's great and i really appreciate that and um you know i like i said i appreciate the time and and the chat and and i i mean best of luck to you as well you know in this situation we're going through and and coming out of that log jam and getting those avails and all that stuff you know it's going to be a mess but um you know if there's anything i can do for you let hit me up whenever and and uh i I really appreciate that man like you know i mean as you you've played music you know it's always like uh i think most of us are uh, struggle to take a compliment when it comes to that so i never know would say but it, it, I, I always hope that i am not coming off insincere when i say I, that how uh how much i appreciate hearing things like that that means a lot well, so, i mean and, I really and same to you man. I, I, I appreciate you know you give me the time and and uh yeah, of course yeah let's let's stay in touch and and uh through this whole thing and and uh like i say if there's anything you need or i can help with or you know uh boots on the ground stuff whatever um right. hit me up appreciate it thanks so much all right buddy we'll talk to you the same too man we'll talk to you talk to you again absolutely all right brother all right take care bye thanks a lot bye all right guys i hope you enjoyed that conversation with alexis marshall from daughters i had a great time chatting with him such an interesting dude he's released some playlist stuff during this quarantine which has turned me on to some new bands as well um just a super interesting guy a super charismatic front man and just an all-around good dude. It was a great chat, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. All right, guys, so don't forget, go check out Thunderbolt Guitars on Instagram. Go check out Your Button Guy on Instagram as well. And go to the Patreon, patreon.com slash podcast. 
sign up at either level and we're going to get you some cool stuff. We've got a lot of merch left over. Um, we're going to do some new stuff too. And you want to be on the front end of that. So anyways, kick some money down to the show. Help us keep the lights on. It's always appreciated. Uh, you can always just go to the donate tab on the website as well. Purepleasurepodcast.com or shoot me an email at purepleasurepod at gmail.com and hit me up with any kind of, uh, guest ideas, comments, anything like that. I love to get that information from you. So, um, as you know, I answer all my mail and, uh, definitely as you heard in the middle, go rate and review the show. It really helps us out the algorithms and all it's all a bunch of, uh, technical bullshit, but it definitely helps the show out for visibility. Um, <clears throat> and excuse me, we also have been trending in either the top 50 or number 50, uh, in the iTunes US category for music interviews, which has been incredible because there are so many podcasts, but to be at, you know, between number 50 and 53 of all time is massive, guys. And that's all because of you guys listening to the show and, you know, spreading the word of mouth and, you know, talking to friends about it and coworkers or whatever. I see people tagging us online or if someone's on the show they'll just respond uh with a comment that's someone else's name and tagging them to go check it out and that's one of the biggest things you can do so shout out to you guys thank you so much for all you do coming back week after week go rate and review the show go check out the sponsors and as always we'll see you on the radio